Hey everybody, this week's remediation is chapter 21, Genomes and Their Evolution. Kind of the end of the stuff, a little introduction to the evolution shit that's coming up in the upcoming chapters, but this one I remember wasn't too bad. So I hope you enjoy. for bastards teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard i'm your host john doty thanks for listening this season we're going through the ap biology curriculum one chapter at a time and we are on to chapter 21 talking about the evolution of genomes this is going to be another short and quick one we've had a couple quick ones here lately uh, this one is going to be kind of along the lines of that because what we're really talking about is the Human Genome Project is how we're going to introduce everything, which started back in the 90s and it got completed in 2003. And we're going to talk about how this kind of opened our eyes to how genomes, which is just all the shit in an organism, all their DNA, the whole fucking thing, how that changes over time and that's going to be a good segue into the final chapters that we're going to talk about in this season we got like a dozen of them so calm the fuck down but our final section is going to be all about evolution so let's just dive right in with this bioinformatics and genome evolution shit so bioinformatics is using computers and all that fun stuff to figure out sequences of shit. That's how they used, or that's how they figured out the human genome. They used this um, technique called shotgun sequencing, where they would sequence a whole bunch of little pieces of DNA. Not little, but you know, smaller. And they would look for situations where there was overlap, where they have sequences that were exactly the same, and they'd use that. And just like if you had part of a picture on one slide, and part of a picture on another, and you started to layer those slides over each other, you would start to see the full image. And that's what they did with the shotgun sequencing. And what they found out was that the human genome has about 3 billion base pairs, which codes for about 20,000 genes, but only about 1.5% of those code for protein, or just RNA in general. The rest of it is just repetitive shit multiple copies doing absolutely nothing it used to be called junk dna um, that name has changed recently so they're getting away from calling it junk dna but that's how they felt about it when they first discovered it some 16 years ago or something um, they called it junk what we have found now is of that non-coding dna um, we have transposable elements so these stretches that can be moved from one place to another within the genome actually make up about 75% of the repetitive DNA. And there's two types. We have these transposons, and we have retrotransposons. So they're very similar, just a little different. Um, you could tell by their names. Hopefully, hopefully you're not that 
nice, we'll say. Slow. I was thinking slow or stupid, but I wanted to say nice because I'm trying to be a happier person today. So ignore I call those people stupid or dense or slow. Let's just say nice. So these transposons versus retro transposons. What a transposon does is it moves within the genome with a DNA intermediate. So it is in the genome, it is copied into a chunk of DNA, and then it can insert itself somewhere else in the genome. It's kind of a copy and paste mechanism where you make a copy of it and then you insert it somewhere else. And it requires this enzyme called transposase. Um, not a big fucking deal if you don't remember that. Um, but they are different from the retro transposons because retro transposons have this RNA intermediate. So the original copy is left alone. So it's not a cut and paste or a copy and paste like with the transposon, but you make this RNA intermediate and then that RNA intermediate um, is reverse transcribed into DNA and then that DNA inserts itself somewhere else in the genome. So it's got to use reverse transcriptase to go from RNA back to DNA. Kind of like um, retroviruses when we talked about those. <clears throat> so that's fun, all that shit. Um, let's actually start talking some evolution, um, which is my favorite fucking topic in the world. We're already halfway done with this episode. So another super fucking short one. Um, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get a bonus episode this week. We'll see how lucky you are. Um, but what these transposons and retro transposons can do to the genome, um, as the transposons, I'm just going to fucking call them all transposons because I'm tired of saying transposons and retro transposons, when half of the fucking retro transposon is transposon. So what these transposons can do is when they insert into the genome, into their, you know, their new place, they can mess with gene function or you can end up with multiple copies of the same gene and when you have that duplication event um, you can tweak one of those genes ever so slightly and what you end up with are genes with related functions but that do slightly different things and that can lead to these things called um, like multi-gene families where you have very similar or identical genes um, and a good example of that is hemoglobin you have alpha hemoglobin sorry alpha globin and beta globin those are different gene families um, you have similar things happening um, this is getting a little evolution in your faces um, the reasons we can see green and what's the other fucking color red red and green is because no yeah fuck yes red and green um, chimpanzees can't. They're essentially red-green colorblind. But there was a mutation, a duplication like this that happened sometime after um, chimpanzees and ancient humans diverged in their evolutionary history where we had this extra copy of the gene that lets us see like blues and yellows. It got tweaked ever so slightly. Now we can see red and green. So there you fucking go. Deal with it. It's kind of neat. But um, in addition to, you know, these things um, making duplications and causing these multi-gene families, um, some of them can be harmful 
and those get eliminated. That's kind of everybody listening to this probably has a basic understanding of natural selection, the whole survival of the fittest, which is a fucking bullshit phrase. I will get on a soapbox when we get to that point, and I will rant about how survival of the fittest is the fucking dumbest thing. I hate that phrase, because it implies that I'm getting off topic. Moral of the story, I hate the term survival of the fittest because it implies the wrong thing, but what these transposons can do is it provides the raw material for natural selection. There are going to be harmful ones that get eliminated, or ones that are ever so slightly beneficial that get retained and can lead to some evolutionary change. And when you start comparing um, the development of things across um, time, you know, through embryology and all this stuff, these developmental processes, this is where you get into this idea of evo-devo or evolutionary development, um, where if you understand how those changes occurred, that can um, clarify or help elucidate big SAT word there for you, elucidate, make clear um, the evolution of different organisms because basically any organism with a body plan has these things called homeotic genes and I nickname those the head, shoulders, knees, and toes genes because that's what they do. They make sure your head are above your shoulders, which are above your knees, which are above your toes. They deal with um, the placement and spatial organization of body parts. So like I said, head above the shoulders, shoulders above the knees, knees above the toes. Um, and within these homeotic genes, which are known as Hox genes, we have this homeobox gene, um, homeobox, which is kind of ubiquitous, throwing out more SAT words for you, ubiquitous among most life forms. And what it really does is draws these lines between the various dots, um, also known as connecting the dots, for all these various, you know, organisms and kind of connecting their evolutionary past. So that's basically it. That's a whole fucking episode. Now, next time you hear from me, we're going to be talking about Charles fucking Darwin, natural selection, my favorite shit there is. Um, but that'll be next week for you. So something to look forward to. The episodes are going to get much longer. I'm going to try to keep them, you know, concise, but I will have the tendency to ramble about this shit because I fucking love it. Um, but until then, we're just going to wrap this up. So our intro and outro music is the song Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Um, follow us on the Twitter, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. We're at bio for bastards on all of those. You can check out our website to follow along with the PowerPoints. Um, it's biologyforbastards.com. And still working on that merch shit. It'll get be a while probably, so don't rush me. I've been your host, John Doty, and until next time, thanks for listening.
So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just wanted to say, follow us on Twitter at Bio4Bastards. Um, our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.